Amen. Praise the Lord. Title today, They Shall Run and Not Be Weary. They Shall Run and Not Be Weary. Eight years since we've been in this building, this facility, and the Lord has done so many wonderful things, many salvations and baptisms, many healings and miracles, people strengthened by the Word of God, blessed by the Word of God, by the ministry, family, cooperating and sharing with one another. I can't even begin to say how thankful I am for the Lord and for the body of Christ, for the family of God that I'm a part of. I want to give a little preamble and then flow into the message. Deuteronomy 33, such powerful words. There is no one like the God of Jeshurun. Jeshurun is a poetical term. It means the righteous, speaking of the people of God. There is no one like the God of the righteous who rides the heavens to help you and in his excellency on the clouds. The eternal God is your refuge and underneath are the everlasting arms. He will thrust out the enemy from before you and will say, destroy. Then Israel shall dwell in safety, the fountain of Jacob alone, in a land of grain and new wine. His heavens shall also drop dew. Happy are you, O Israel, who is like you, a people saved by the Lord, the shield of your help and the sword of your majesty. Your enemies shall submit to you, and you shall tread down their high places. Who is like unto the Lord? And who is like unto the people of God? Happy are you, O Israel, because the Lord is your God. He causes us to ride on the high places of the earth. He is our shield. He is our excellency. He says, thrust out the enemy from before you and destroy. He leads us on in his victory and his power. This house of God while I give leadership and direction in some areas and oversight, I am as much a part of this family as anyone here, and I am so thankful to the Lord for all of you and how you minister into my life and into my sons and my daughters-in-law and my grandchildren. The work of the Lord is powerful. The work of the Lord takes all of us, and it's wonderful to see how the Lord uses us in conversation, in relationship with one another. In every conversation that I have with anyone, I'm listening for the Lord. I'm listening for the Lord because there is so much life and strength and encouragement and there's prophetic word that comes through God's people to one another to lift us up, to encourage us, and to lead us on. I have a few scriptures, Deuteronomy 32 and verse 2. Moses said, let my teaching drop as the rain. My speech distill as the dew, as raindrops on the tender herb, and as showers on the grass. Let your speech fall as the dew on people. Listen for the raindrops upon the dry areas of your life so the Lord can bring fruitfulness and life once again. Malachi 3.16, Then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another. King James says they spoke often to one another, and the Lord was listening. The Lord listened and heard them. So a book of remembrance was written before him for those who fear the Lord and who meditate or prize or esteem his name. They spoke often one to another. In Isaiah 50 and verse 4, The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. 
He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. How many want to know how to speak a word in season to those who are weary? They shall run and not be weary. The Lord wants to use us, and so let faith arise this morning, and let new invitation of the Lord be upon you, and let the fire of God burn in your spirit as I share the word of God this morning. We've had quite a number of funerals in the last few months in this church, and I'm so thankful when I can involve others from the staff pastors and district pastors in the ministry and not conduct or officiate the services alone. Pastor Mark leading the worship. Times the district pastors and staff pastors can assist me depending on the family situation. And in all cases, the district pastors are with the family at times of sorrow, honoring in their bedside manners, encouraging, praying, lifting up the people of God. It was at the end of a funeral service just a few weeks ago. I was in the foyer after the service at the fellowship time, and I was talking to a brother in the house. He's a brother that often brings me a coffee after service when I'm in the foyer after Sunday morning services. Many times he finds me and searches me out, and, you know, if a cup of cold water gains a reward, what kind of return will you get on a cup of hot coffee? It's such a blessing. It ministers to my life. And I was talking to this brother, and I was remarking how appreciative I am when other staff pastors or district pastors can help in the services and help look after situations. And I mentioned to him that, you know, it helps build ministry and train up new leaders. And he looked at me, and with a bright tone and a smile on his face, he said, Pastor Ron, are you weary? I said, no, I don't think I am. I don't think so. I'm trying to involve others and raise up people and help the body and transition a new generation into ministry. And we carried on for a few minutes. And then afterward, I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, am I weary? Because the last thing I want to do is be weary before you. Lord, am I weary? And he didn't answer me. But in a few moments, I heard that still, small, unmistakable voice of the Holy Spirit. And it's those words out of Isaiah 40. The Lord said, they shall run and not be weary. They shall run and not be weary. And I said, Lord, that's all I need. Because just one word from you and the mountains start to move. They shall run and not be weary. Run speaks of pace. Run speaks of demand, of urgency. When you run, you cover much ground. When you run, there are times you are exhausted and you're gasping for breath. See, it says they shall walk and not faint. All of us can walk around all day long and we're pretty much able to handle it. You can walk and not faint, but run is a different matter. And the Lord says you can take pace. You can take strain. You can take the future. You can take demand on your life. Sometimes we hold back our life 
because we don't know if we have enough. We say, I, I don't know if I have enough. I don't know if I can see this through. And in ourselves, we can't. Do I have enough? Do I have enough? Do I have enough strength? No, I don't, but there is someone that does for all of us, and we cast ourselves on the Lord because his grace is sufficient, and he is able to sustain us. The Apostle Paul said, when I'm weak, then am I strong. Because why? I'm casting myself on the Lord in those moments more than any other. Sometimes we hold back from the pace and the demand. We're intimidated by the circumstances of life. We're intimidated by challenge ahead of us. The enemy intimidates us because he doesn't want us to prosper and go forth in God. He wants us to settle where we are. The enemy comes to intimidate us. And our own physical humanness, our own sense of infirmity, we know who we are. We know our character, our personality. That intimidates us as well. And we don't step out for, for the Lord like we should. But we must know that the Lord is calling us to run. He said, you can run and not be weary. There is more that we can accomplish as individual believers in our families and in the house of God because the Lord is for us. And if we will begin to run, his power and his presence will be there to strengthen us. Hallelujah. You shall run and not be weary. You shall run and not be weary. What a promise of the Lord. What a promise of the Lord. If there's anyone here this morning that's weary, take in the word of God today. Jeremiah 12 and verse 5 says, If you have run with the footmen and they have wearied you, then how will you contend with horses? If you've run with the footmen, the infantry, the common soldiers, and they've wearied you, you've been wearied at that level, then how will you contend with horses? And the answer is that the same God who strengthened us to run with the footmen will strengthen us to run with the horses when the demand is on our life, when the battle is stronger. When responsibility, responsibility and duty come to bear upon our lives, when you are anointed of the Lord, you can outrun horses. And there's a man in the Bible who did, and he's there as an example for all of us. And it was Elijah after the victory of Mount Carmel in 1 Kings chapter 18. He said to King Ahab, I hear the sound of abundance of rain and the skies began to blacken and the clouds began to pour in from the Mediterranean Sea. Elijah said to Ahab, King Ahab, get up before the rain stop you. And Ahab got into his chariot. He had the finest thoroughbreds in the land, those stallions to run before his chariot and to conduct his way with speed. 18 to 20 miles away from Mount Carmel to the city of Jezreel, 25 to 30 kilometers. And the Bible says the hand of the Lord came on Elijah and he outran Ahab in the chariots and horses. When you're anointed of the living God, you can outrun horses. And when you're not anointed, you can't. Psalm 20 and verse 7 says, Some trust in chariots and horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. We will remember the name of the Lord our God. What do you do when you're weary? Number one, when weary, draw on living water. Draw living water from the wells of salvation. 
When you're weary, draw living water from the wells of salvation. In John chapter 4, verses 5 to 6, it says, Jesus came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. Jesus, being weary, sat down by the well. Jesus had expended his energies. He needed refreshing. He sat down by the well. He was weary. He said, disciples, go into town and buy us some food. We need some strength. We need some revitalization. And the disciples left to go into the nearby town to get food and drink. And as Jesus was sitting there, another person came, the woman of Samaria. You see, Jesus was weary that day, but there was someone that was more weary than him. The woman of Samaria, carrying her empty, earthen life, I mean pitcher. And she came to the well. She was more weary than Jesus was. A broken life under such remorse and sorrow. Jesus, by the word of knowledge, said, as he's entered into conversation, you've had five husbands. And now you're living with another man, a sixth man. The sorrow, the, the regret, the hardship in that woman's life, death and divorce, broken home, trial, discouragement. And Jesus knew how to speak a word in season to her that was weary. He was weary, but there was someone more weary than him. And look what happened, not only in her life, but in his in chapter 4 and verse 10, Jesus said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Jesus in verse 13 said, Whoever drinks of this water of this well will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst, but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. He said, lady, if you take this living water, if you take the gift of God, the gift of my salvation, if you really come into union with me, into identification with my life, there will be a well inside of you, a well of living water. You will never thirst again. That well will keep on on flowing in your life and lift you beyond any emptiness and brokenness that you ever experienced. And with those words, Jesus changed her life. She said, Lord, give me this water that I thirst not. Give me this living water. And that day, the living water went into her life, the wells of salvation. And she went into the city rejoicing and telling other people about the Lord. But at that time, the disciples came back and they said, Master, eat. We brought provision from, this, from the town. And Jesus said, I'm not hungry anymore. So then they said, did somebody bring him food to eat? 
Jesus said, I'm full because I've just been partaking of the will of God for my life. I've been involved in ministry. I've been pouring out a word to someone who's weary. I've had these living ministry streams flow in my life. And he said, I'm, I'm not hungry right now. I'm not hungry right now. He said, my food is to do the will of him that sent me. Listen, sometimes when we're weary, like Jesus was, what we really need is to get involved in spiritual ministry for the Lord and let some anointing and let some life of God flow through us. It's amazing. You can be weary and tired. Your emotions can be out of sorts. But if you come into a situation where the life of God can begin to flow through you in ministry, you are changed in a moment. And you're full once again. Hallelujah. It's quite a miracle, isn't it? What we really need is to be used of God more. That's what we really need. We need to be in opportunities. We need to open up and say, God, use me more because that weariness and tiredness that comes into our lives will break off us in those moments and we will live in the power, resurrection life of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When you're weary, drink living waters from the wells of salvation. Isaiah 12 says, Therefore, with joy... You will draw water from the wells of salvation. And in that day you will say, praise the Lord, call upon his name, declare his deeds among the peoples, make mention that his name is exalted. Start praising the Lord. Start praising the Lord. When you're weary, start praising the Lord. Start asking God to use you to give a word of season, a word in season and life to others. Number two, when weary, keep pursuing. Judges 8.4. Then Gideon and the 300 men who were with him came to the Jordan and crossed over, weary yet pursuing. If you want to be part of the Salvation Army, the 300, you have to keep pursuing. If you want to gain greater victories, you have to keep pursuing. Gideon and his men had broken the Midianite army. But 15,000, I believe it is, still remained. And these men went through the night in pursuit of the enemy. They fought through the night. Verse 4 of the same chapter, or verse 4 again, in New King James, when Gideon came to the Jordan, he and the 300 men who were with him crossed over, exhausted but still in pursuit. Then he said to the men of Succoth, I mean, these were, these were neighbors, these were Israelites, these were people of God that should have helped him. He said, please give loaves of bread to the people who follow me, for they are exhausted, and I am pursuing Zeba and Zalmanah, kings of Midian. And the leaders of Succoth said, are the hands of those enemy kings now in your hand that we should give bread to your army? Do you have a victory over those kings? Why should we expend our bread? Why should we give our resources? Even if other people don't give you bread, if they don't feed you, if you're discouraged because other people drop out on you or won't walk with you, if you want to be part of the great army of God, you keep pursuing. And if you do, God will give you a great victory. In times when we're weary, we have to keep pursuing. And the Bible teaches us to. Some people, when they hit weariness, they think, that's the end of the line. Their faith has come to an end. 
until they get some encouragement from somebody, until God really speaks to them by a word of the Lord, they're just going to sit and wait for some miraculous thing to happen to again impel them on. But true warriors of the Lord, when weary, we keep pursuing. We keep pressing forward. Listen what the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians eleven twenty seven. He said, in weariness and toil. He says, this is my ministry. <laughs> in weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often. It's a little weak. KJV, it's watchings, watching prayers. It's one thing to be sleepless. It's another to be engaged in watching prayers. In hunger and thirst in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, beside the other things, what comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches. Who is weak and I am not weak? Says I, I see someone struggling. My, my own spirit struggles for them, to help them. Who is made to stumble? Is there somebody that has fallen from the way? Somebody discouraged, not serving the Lord like they should. And he says, and I do not burn with indignation against the enemy, against the flesh, against the attack on their life. He said, in weariness and toil. The Apostle Paul knew what it meant to make his way through weariness. And if you're going to have a true gospel ministry in your life and in your family, we're going to have to make our way through weariness at times. Weary yet pursuing. Don't let the weariness throw you off course. It really is only a temptation. Don't let it stop you. Don't let that temptation bring forth an action in your life where you receive it. But in times of weariness, say, Lord, I'm going to keep pursuing like Gideon and his men. Galatians 6 and verse 9 says, then let us not grow weary while doing good. Let us not grow weary. For in due season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Weary, but we press on. And in due season, we reap. Hebrews 12, 2-3, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, for consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. Lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. The Bible says, looking unto Jesus, he's the author and the finisher of our faith. He ran the race. He was despised. He was rejected of men. At one point, the Bible says, many of his disciples no longer walked with him. They walked away. But Jesus said, I will pursue the will of God. I will pursue the will of God. I am so thankful that Jesus, when he came up against discouragement, when he came up against people and disciples falling away from him, when he came up against rejection and all the trial that he faced, all the attack that he faced, not only from Satan, but from religious leaders and the common people as such, that he didn't throw in the towel. That he didn't say enough. I've served enough. I, I can't go on any further. This is all I can do. Every one of us today would still be bound in our sin and brokenness. But the Son of God said, I may be weary, but I'm going to keep pursuing. I'm going to set my face like a flint to the will of God in my life. 
And because of it, we stand redeemed and we stand saved by the power of God. When weary, keep pursuing. Keep pursuing. Number three, when weary, press up into the strength of the camp. Deuteronomy 25, 17, remember what Amalek did to you on the way as you were coming out of Egypt, how he met you on the way and attacked. Enemy attack. He attacked your rear ranks. All the stragglers at your rear when you were tired and weary. That's when the enemy strikes. And he did not fear God. It's dangerous at the outskirts of the camp. It's dangerous to your health. It's dangerous to your spiritual life. It's dangerous to your family to linger at the outskirts of the camp, to be a casual attender of the house of God. Sunday morning attender. The enemy picks off the stragglers, just like the wolves do on the straggling sheep and the straggling antelope. The enemy comes to take the straggler, to single people out that have fallen behind. They're discouraged. They're weak. They're undisciplined. And so we must press up into the midst of the camp. Get into the midst of the camp. Get as close as you can in the prayer room. Get in with the praying people. Get in with the fire of God. Press into the center of the worship of the house of the Lord and you will be amazed how the strength of God's people begins to compass you about and begins to lift you and carry you. You'll find a fire from the people of God that you do not carry in yourself in those times. There is prophetic strength as we move up into the midst of the congregation of the Lord, as we get involved with the church, as we get into the prayer services and worship and discipleship groups and Bible studies, as we move into those realms, the strength of God's people comes about us. Get up into the strength of the camp. Hebrews 10.25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, exhorting one another, it's in the assembling of the people that prophetic exhortation comes alive and encourages and blesses. And the apostle said, and so much the more as you see the day of Christ returning. Because the Bible says the end days will be evil and that there are two mysteries that are working in this earth. There's the mystery of lawlessness and there's the mystery of righteousness. And both of them will come to fulfillment and fullness. The tares will grow. The enemy powers will bring the people of earth and the conditions and sins of earth to a fullness. But the power of God will also bring his saints in righteousness and truth and understanding to a fullness. The Bible says, the Bible says, be warned against the evil day. Be warned against the powers of darkness. Be warned against the time before the coming of Christ and make sure you get in close with the people of God for you will find strength and encouragement and the fire of God to bless your life. Hallelujah. When weary, press up into the strength of the camp of the Lord. Well, I'm going to close out with a few words. Sometimes we meet up with people who are weary. And when we do, when we do, let us not be like the 
men of Succoth, and another town further, Penuel, who said to Gideon and his army, we won't help you. Let's bring these words up again, Judges 8, 4 to 6. When Gideon came to the Jordan, he and the 300 men who were with him crossed over, exhausted, but still in pursuit, weary, but still pursuing. Then he said to the men of Succoth, please give loaves of bread to the people who follow me, for they are exhausted and I am pursuing. The kings of Midian and the leaders of Succoth said, are the hands of these kings now in your hand that we should give bread to your army? When we meet up with people that are weary, we are not to have the response of these men, these people. We do not say, take care of yourself. Look to your own victory. We are there to feed them bread. We're there to encourage. We're there to back them. We're there to let them know somebody's standing behind them. When people are weary, give them bread. Give them bread. In the days of David, 1 Samuel chapter 30, verses 9 to 10, David had an initial band of 600 men. So he started the kingdom processes of the Lord. Bible says, So David went to he and the 600 men who were with him and came to the brook Bezor, where those stayed behind, where those stayed who were left behind. But David pursued, he and 400 men, for 200 stayed behind who were so weary that they could not cross the brook Bezor. They could not ford the river. They were so weary. Verses 18, so David went on with 400 men and David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away from the Amalekites that attacked Ziklag, David's city at that point, and taken the women, the children, taken all the spoil of that city. But David pursued the Amalekites and carried away, that pursued and restored all that had been carried away, and David rescued his two wives. And nothing of theirs was lacking, either small or great, sons or daughters, spoil or anything which they had taken from them. David recovered all. He didn't recover only his possessions. He took everything the Midianite or the Amalekites had as well. This was a great victory and great spoil. Scripture says, Then David took all the flocks and herds that they had driven before those, before those other livestock and said, This is David's spoil. Verse 21. Now David came to the 200 men who had been so weary that they could not follow David, whom they also had made to stay at the brook Bezer. So they went out to meet David and to meet the people who were with him. And when David came near the people, he greeted them. Then all the wicked and worthless men of those who went with David answered and said, Because they did not go with us, we will not give them any of the spoil that we have recovered except for every man's wife and children, that they may lead them away and depart. But David said, My brethren, you shall not do so with what the Lord has given us who has preserved us and delivered into our hand the troop that came against us. For who will heed you in this matter? But as his part is who goes down to the battle, so shall his part be who stays by the supplies. They shall share alike. 
So it was from that day forward, he made it a statue and an ordinance for Israel to this day. David said, weary or not weary, we're going to share the rewards of the victories together. Hallelujah. 200 men. These men weren't stragglers. They weren't defectors. These men were part of that 600. They'd served faithfully with David. They'd helped establish the kingdom in its initial ways in the land. They had fought shoulder to shoulder with those other 400 men. They'd risked their lives in battle at times to save those other men. And David said, divide the spoil. Divide the spoil. Sometimes people are weary and we must divide the spoil. When your wife is struggling, when your husband needs encouragement, when your sons and daughters are burdened, when brothers and sisters in the house of God are weary, divide the spoil. There's a voice inside every one of us. Just like inside those 400 men, there is a voice of the flesh that says they didn't fight like we did. They didn't go down to the battle like we did. They don't deserve what we have. But the greater David says, you don't know what spirit you're of. You divide the spoil. And so we divide the spoil. Brothers and sisters who are weary, family members who are tired and worn out, people who are discouraged, we come alongside and we say, we'll give you bread. We'll pray for you. We'll help you. We'll build you up. We're going to share the rewards of the Lord equally because we're all part of one people of God and one family of God. Some say only the strong survive. And that may be the rule in the kingdom of men, but it's not the rule in the kingdom of God. We divide the spoil. We give the bread. We pray. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 5, he said, warn the unruly. Warn the unruly. But he said, comfort the faint-hearted and support the weak and have an enduring spirit toward all people. So as we come to our celebration today, eight years in this house of God, Christ City, I pray with all my heart that we will become those who carry the gospel forward and encourage and bless and lift up the name of the Lord and that when we face weariness in ourselves, we'll know how to draw living water from God and we'll take on a spirit of faith, a believing spirit, and press on in spite of our weariness at times and we will stay in the midst of the camp but stay in the midst of the fire and the prophetic anointing of God and that we will always share the spoils of the rewards of the Lord, the victories he's given, with, given us for others so that together we can continue on in the great kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And everyone said, let's stand together this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. If anyone needs prayer this morning, weariness, struggle, circumstances, trial, 
Come on, your life, slip out from where you are. People will love to pray for you. The prayer team is here to minister to you. Take a few moments and be encouraged in the love of God. But all of us this morning, let's receive of the Lord and give our lives to him afresh. They shall run and not be weary. It's the promise of the Lord for all of us today.